This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. From nj.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. All right, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rant. Fresh off our bye week, refreshed. I feel like fresh as a daisy here, fellas. I don't know about you. Watched a lot of college football this weekend. Watched some <laughs> really good games. It's amazing how a little offense will make your college football game exciting. Scarlet Knights rested as well. Uh, listening to Greg Schiano, it seems like they're healthy. They're feeling better. Uh, the players got haircuts. I guess what happened? Greg could not get a haircut. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Greg said he did not have time to have a haircut. It was a bit of a busy week. Uh, I also did not get a haircut during the bye week. I'm I'm due one, but again, all we do is grind here at NJM. We chop 60 minute chops, all that good stuff. Except no, no 60 minute chopping of your hair, I guess is the problem. (laughs) That's a fair point. That's the one 60 minute chop I missed this week. That's bad. But how about you? How about you, Lanny? How's the baby? How was your, how was your bye week? You know, sometimes you just need to take a week off. I think last week I said she was a shit monster. Now I took a week off. I can change my perspective. She's an angel. She's an angel now. An Isn't angel. that lovely? Oh, parenting. That amazing, right? Oh, just you wait. All right, let's talk some Rutgers football. Bye week. I got Indiana this coming up now. We're back to where we always are with Rutgers. The Indiana game, if they don't beat Indiana in any season, it's not going to be a good football season. I think we can establish that. Uh, and this this season, it's, it's a little bit more desperate than usual because I think you look at this game, if they don't beat Indiana, you're like, all right, well, who are they going to beat? Uh, this is by far the best chance remaining for Rutgers to win a game. Week off, homecoming, bad opponent. I mean, what sense do you get down there, Fonseca? Is there optimism about this one? I mean, what, what what's the vibe in Piscataway? I can only uh, infer from uh, Shannon's mood today. He seemed to be upbeat more than, than usual. Uh, he got good news, obviously, with uh, Gavin Wimsat is apparently going to be available. He's recovered from his injury, which is really good for Rutgers, obviously, to have more options as possible. Noah Vedro's hand is also apparently getting stronger by the day. It seems like they'll be closer to full strength than they have been in a while. First time, all three quarterbacks will be available, which is good, I would say. The question is, who, which of them will play? How much of them will play? How Nunzio Campanelli will manage the offense, the quarterback rotation? Is it there to stay? Greg Schiano was non-committal on that. Uh, I think a lot of people will not like that. I think people will want to see, uh, and myself included, just a steady guy. But uh, it will be interesting to see. But I would, to answer your question, I think they should be optimistic because if they're not optimistic about beating Indiana, I don't know who they're, they're going to be optimistic about beating. I thought he was pretty committal, actually, listening to the press conference when he, you know, we develop talent, we play production. 
We have an obligation to play the players who give Rutgers the best chance to win. That certainly does not sound like we're going to throw Gavin Wimsett out there and get ready for 2023. I mean, that's, you know, this is obviously if Noah Vedro's healthy, this is, this is his game again. I have no, if, based on the answer, I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Noah Vedro, right? That's what you, that's what you think, Steve. I know that's what you thought last week as well, but maybe that was, if you flip it around and say, we love Wimsett so much that he's going to be the guy. Well, it's just playing mind games with but me the again optimism, here, aren't you? To go back to the optimism, I would say to have a full, to play whoever you want at quarterback, you have to feel optimistic about. Right, yes. Something poor Sean Gleason never had. Rest in peace. Right. Nunzio, however, Nunzio Campanile gets that. I mean, we've talked about it a lot last week. You know, he's had a, he's had a full week to, to rejigger this offense. What is the reasonable thing we can expect from this, Brian? I mean, is, is there is there something that that can come out of this in a week that would be a, a promising sign for this team? You, you're not going to change much of the personnel, right? The offensive line is what it is. The right. running backs, yes, are what they are. The quarterbacks, even when they're closer to health, again, they are what they are. They're not. It's not Hendon Hooker. It's not Bryce Young. You're not going to see a shootout. You'd like to see some creativity in play calling, not necessarily 2020 Sean Gleason levels, but something different, some different routes, trying to get different positions involved. Uh, I wrote about the tight ends this morning. I mentioned them. I like to see them produce a little bit more, although I'm not sure if the talent is exactly there for it to work, but something, something different has to happen. I, I think the bar is set on the ground, maybe below it. I really think he can surpass that. Uh, I, I just, but I mean, the way Greg Schiano talked about Indiana's defense today in his three minute, four minute answer about what he sees in Indiana yeah. makes me worry that maybe they're not going to score any points, uh, but I just like to see something. And, and, and I don't know what exactly, but something you could point to be like, all right, this, this is progress. I'll tell you what it is for me. And I, I've given this thought, like if, 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 if he can give me one thing this week, and I know you're going to think I'm saying going to say 47 carries for Sam Brown. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say the one thing I want to see is I want to see getting, getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers in space. This is something this team does not do well. <laughs> Again, watching and I know it's Alabama, it's Tennessee, it's USC, it's Utah, but watching these games, you just, it's just amazing how cre- creative play callers are, how good they are just getting speedy receivers in open space. It's something, I mean, you, you know, it's just something doesn't happen in Piscataway. It hasn't happened a lot. You know, they do have a couple of guys that can run. You got Krushank, you got Youngblood, you got, you got ability there. Just draw me up a play that gets the ball in their hands and you can move them. Pat, I mean, am I wrong? What, do you, what is one thing you want to see? Uh, how about getting the ball downfield? Oh. We haven't seen that because we haven't had the quarterback health health wise, but I think if you're putting in Wimsat who has the ability to throw the ball downfield, that would be a huge one thing for me, but playing in space, you're absolutely right. Playing in space, quick plays. That's what Aaron Rodgers used to do so well. And, and guys like that, when you can get the ball out fast, high percentage completions for, for big chunk plays. So that would be nice. But I think my one thing is get the ball downfield, take some shots because they haven't done that all season. Yeah, it's interesting. And why, and again, I watched a lot of college football on Saturday. I did watch Indiana. They're not great. They're, they're not terrible. I don't, I mean, I watched a little Michigan state again, felt the same way. I'm like, okay, not great, but not terrible. I don't know. I mean, what, you know, Maryland, I guess Maryland, you know, like obviously losing their quarterback makes a big difference. If, if that's, if that's the case, I we heard, we heard he's out for, for good. I don't know if we've gotten that report yet. I haven't seen a report, but he was doing an MRI and the, 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 the visual did not look very good. 
Right. It certainly didn't look good. Those are the three te- three games I think you would put in order in, in that order. In fact, about of winnability. I mean, what did you see, for, see from Indiana? Or, or is, is this game an evenly matched game? Do you give an edge in either direction for this team? I think it's I think it's winnable. And, and what Shiano talked about with the playing really fast, I think plays in Rutgers' favor actually because the defense has been so good. Right. If you're going to run that up tempo stuff, and you know you're you're not successful on first or second down, you're behind the chains. I think that that really limits Indiana offensively. So I think it's evenly matched and definitely winnable. Now, Brian, you had, you had like what, four and a half minutes to talk to Nunzio last week. Is that, is that I'm overdoing it? Uh, you did overdo it. It was about three minutes and 45 seconds in those three minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> I kid. What do you think he has to do to win this job? I mean, is there, is, is it, is it possible? Is there a realistic bar that he has to clear for, for him to be the guy? I don't know if there are numbers or, or anything specific that uh, I mean, I'm sure Greg knowing Greg probably does have some metrics he'd like to see. I think that if you see, I'm, I'm going to assume Gavin Wimsat is going to play some, I, I agree with you, Steve, that it'll be Noah Vedral for a majority of the game. I think they'll mix in Gavin Wimsat, hopefully let him throw the ball every once in a while, let him risk it a little bit. And I think that if they continue to do that through the end of the year and you get to, you know, the game against Maryland and you can trust, you know, Wimsat with half the snaps, you can trust him to not make mistakes. He's starting to throw the ball downfield. Like Pat said, I think that is the biggest indication of what could earn Nunzio the job is if he can develop the quarterback uh, for the future and give them a guy that you can enter 2023 with knowing you have a solid option at that position and, you know, just making the most out of what he has significantly improving the offense. If he can make this offense that struggles so much under Sean Gleason into something competent, I don't mean, I don't want to see a good offense. I don't, I don't need to see a great offense. I need to see something competent. I think that would give him a shot though. I, I, I have to think that they will explore all options. I don't think they'll get swept up in, in Nunzio mania and hire him without looking elsewhere. What's available after the season. But I do think he can give himself a really good shot. If those two things happen, if Gavin Wimsett is the guy at the end of the year, and if there is tangible, obvious progress in the offense, I don't need to see a good offense. That's a good, that's a good quote for the, 2022 Rutgers football yearbook. Okay. All right. Let's dive into true or false guys. I only have seven topics, but there's seven good topics. Here we go. True or false. Noah Vedra will take 82% or more of the snaps against Indiana. Fun sake true or false. That's oddly specific. I'll go false, but only slightly less. I'll say 70, 70. I'll say, true. I'll say false because I think Wimsett is going to be a big player this week. I'm going to go True. Uh, and I would I would bet good money that he takes at least 82% of the snaps. Should be fun to see if we're right. Okay. True or false, Rutgers will pass for more than 150 yards against Indiana. Didn't look back to see the last time that's happened. Of course, I know what happened. Iowa game. Uh, true or false, uh, Fonseca, 150. They for 300 yards against the best defense in the Big Ten, Steve. I'm thinking 500 this weekend. Whoa. No. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I think they will slightly surpass that number. True. Okay. Lanny? True as well. All right, I'll go true too. All right, true or false, Sam Brown will have 20 or more carries against Indiana. We finally got to see this man get, get to work. Fun sake of true or false? False. Really? Okay. Lanny? Man, 150 yards passing. We got to play complimentary football, so I'll say true. Yeah, I'd be stunned. I think that's one of the reasons why he Nuncio is now the offensive coordinator. I would say true on that as well. True or false, Rutgers will have more than 30 2,000 fans for Indiana. Keep on giving you a little, giving you like exact numbers here. Fun second, true or false? 32,000. Homecoming? Announced? 45. No, an- announced. I don't, I mean, in the building? Not announced. Yeah, in the building. In the building. 
I'll guess 30. So false. You go false. All right. 90. True. Because the boardwalk is such a hit. Yes. The boardwalk will get them all there. It's Halloween. Chris Carlin told us today on the pre press conference show that it's going to be a Halloween theme at the boardwalk. So fun, fun. I'm going to go true as well. All right. True or false. Forget Ohio state. Michigan is still the best team in the big 10 beaten up on Penn state. Not just, I mean, physically mauling Penn state in a, in a, in a really uh, good effort. Fun second, true or false. Men against boys, that game, that game should have been 70 to three. I mean, Penn state looked, looked like a, an FCS team. Uh, still, I will say false. I think Ohio state's still the class of the league, but Michigan Definitely has a good chance of beating them. Lanny? True. Loved that Michigan game. I think they're the most balanced team. And like you said, men against boys up front. Yeah. That's Big Ten football. True. True, too. We're talking best team. And I don't know. I, I get it. Ohio State may be more talented, but man, they are a good football team. All right. And finally, this is a good one. We have to discuss this one in length. Will Rutgers, true or false, Rutgers will one day throw the goalposts into the Raritan River. Fonseca, you tweeted a photo of the goalpost today. Like, look, and it was such a, it looked like you were ready to carry them across yourself. True or false? Are they ever going to throw the goalposts into the Raritan? I almost made the caption five retweets and I will do it, but I didn't want Greg to get from his office onto the field and tackle me before I tried. And for context, so Tennessee fans, after they finally beat Alabama for the first time in 16 years, took the goalpost down in Allen Stadium, walked it outside of the stadium yeah. and threw it into the river in one of the coolest celebrations I've ever seen in college football. I will say false because what one, not because Rutgers might never win a game that big because you never really know in this sport. I don't think it's possible, likely, but it's certainly possible. I think that the Rutgers security will dampen the mood and will not let Rutgers leave the stadium with the, uh, with the goalpost. So I will say false. All right, Lanny. I'm going to say all things given the same type of win that Tennessee pulled off. I'm going to say true because New Jersey is number one in the country in pollution and a field goal post in the river would certainly add to that reputation. Great. That's a good answer. Right. With like a couple of shop, right. Shopping carts. I I can only imagine like, I wonder what the things, that'd be a good story asking the crew team, some of the crap they have encountered in the Raritan river over the years. That would be, I would read that. Great Some point. of Tony Soprano's former friends. Free idea. Free idea. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I think Love it's all free idea. I, I have logistical questions about getting the getting the goalpost out of that stadium, too. I mean, obviously, no one can get out of the stadium. <laughs> so can you imagine get, trying to get out of the stadium in a timely fashion while carrying, you know, an, an awkward item like that? It would, it would be, that'd be a challenge. I'm not sure you can get to that. Yeah, and you made a good joke, too. It would get stuck in the river road traffic by the time. River road traffic, too, yeah. right? The material writes itself with this. Um, so you think it'd be here, just set this up for you. If they beat Penn State, would would that be enough? Like this year, they said they lost their next couple of games and they beat Penn State. Would that be enough for them to go get to rip down the goalposts? No, I don't think so. I think no. my view. So Tennessee beat a rival that's number three in the country. Yeah, I think the bar should be you beat Ohio state at home, no matter what, I don't care if Ohio state's 0 and 11 before the game, you beat Ohio state at home, similar to when they beat Michigan 2014, you take down the goalposts. If you beat a top five Michigan, if you beat a top five Penn state, I think that's the barrier to, because anything, anything else, you know, you can't, I, I just can't justify them doing that. But those three, those three wins are what I think, or if you have, for some reason, you know, some guy in my emails, when we reported on Friday that uh, Rutgers was playing Akron, Ohio and UMass in the next, uh, Next few years, some guy got in my emails and said, why don't they schedule USC or Alabama or Notre Dame? 
if that guy somehow gets his wish and those guys show up to the Shy Stadium and Rutgers beats them, then you could take down the goalposts. Those are my scenarios. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Why, why not schedule those games? Good point. Uh, we didn't, we should talk about that. That we, it's great. We got the Mac back on the schedule, by the way, I forgot to bring that up earlier. Yeah. So that's, um, what do we got? Akron, Ohio, Akron, uh, Ohio, which is coming to yeah. Piscataway next year and okay. in 25 and UMass. UMass is back. Big recruiter. <laughs> yes. I guess all I can assume is that Wagner had was, was booked. Is that what happened? Yeah, probably. I think they're uh, they're 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 a hot ticket now as the FCS uh, punching bag. Absolutely, they, they still have the losing streak too, right? That's which is probably encroaching a record at some point. They have to do running clock against Syracuse. Pat, what, uh, what do you want to see to take down the goalposts? What would you have to see for them to? Uh... I think you're spot on. I was, I'm curious if they took down the goalposts at, against Louisville, Pandemonium, and Piscataway. Like, it did not. No, they they actually they protected the goalposts. I think they had like guards around them. They lowered them and then guarded them, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, All right. Because it was like a big, like, it's like a big, big, you know, Tennessee was fined a hundred grand for this because it is dangerous to right. storm the field and rip down the goalposts. And, you know, I mean, it was an epic celebration, but I thought the way it took a little bit longer for Tennessee to get onto the field than it took Rutgers that night against Louisville, like the Rutgers Louisville one was like instantaneous. Right. And the storm for Tennessee just seemed like it took a while for all the fans to get over the wall or whatever it was, but right. Well, they didn't, yeah. the, couple, the, the, the scene was like absolutely and you know amazing. I mean, Louisville, they stormed the field twice, which is what the best part of it. <laughs> yeah. The game wasn't over yet. They had the whole run stuff. back on. That would yeah, that would have been bad if they had not gotten 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 a hold of that. <laughs> yeah, they had a false start there. To answer your question though, Brian, you're spot on about it's got to be a top five team. It's got to be a, a top five Penn State. Beating Penn yeah. State this year is just a just another win. I mean. That, I think it's field field stormable. I don't know if it's goalpost and the riverable, but it's they beat Penn State this year. You should storm the field. Totally agree. You storm the field. You don't take down the goalpost. Also, come, you have come to up consider- to the press box and throw me in the river. If, they beat, <laughs> if you beat Penn State this year, how's that for a game? Throw Bolivia in the river. That that, that might what, actually get, that is awesome. Book it up. That, that will get that will Let's guarantee go. the win. That Shannon will play this clip on throw repeat me in, in the, the river. Room. There you go. Black, gladly down by the riverside. Go for a dip. Don't believe in the river. That's guarantee. I'm I'm available. Beat Penn State this year. I'm going swimming. All right. Good, good. True or false recap. Fun topics. Uh, Let's do some insider questions. As you know, you can sign up for nj.com slash insider. We're going to take a couple questions from our growing Twitter feed. You see that? We got like 212 followers for the Rutgers Rant Twitter feed. Gonna catch, gonna catch the other podcast, the uh, what's gonna call it, the establishment podcast soon here. Uh, the NIL guys have a podcast, and that's where we're gonna go with the first question. How confident or not do you feel about Rutgers' ability to retain the young core of this team, especially on defense and Wimsett, heading into next season in the world of NIL? Uh, this is a great question, and obviously it was a big topic this week. Um, I talked to for a column, you know, both the athletic department people doing the NIL both the and the and the collective people doing the NIL, it's not a rosy picture. And it's not because of lack of trying. I think that's the important thing to get out there while there are certainly some debate about whether or not, you know, both sides are doing enough. One side's certainly believes it's trying the best within the rules that the athletic department, uh, the collective meanwhile wishes it had more support both from the fan base and from the athletic department. It's a tough situation. And there's only 400 grand in the collective right now. That doesn't get you. I mean, that doesn't get you a starting linebacker in the sec, right? I mean, that's, it's rough. Yeah. 
good reporting on you to get the to get those numbers and talk to all those people. I am not sure if we are overblowing this or not. I don't know if the entire Rutgers roster will be gutted through NIL. Uh, I don't know if we've exactly seen that. We've seen cases, right? Jordan Addison going from Pitt to USC, uh, guys of elite level getting, you know, right. picked off. I don't know if, you know, Rutgers' entire young defense, which has so much potential, so many great young players. I don't think you lose Aaron Lewis, Wesley Bailey, Tyron Powell. I, I, but I do think that you leave yourself up to that possibility if you don't prepare yourself, if you don't bankroll yourself. Uh, and that's going to be a big question for Rutgers to ask. And we'll know the answers in, in a couple months' time. So, uh, But yes, to your point, it's the, the current standing does not look great for Rutgers. The helix is coming. That's right. Ground is broken, foundations are being laid, and the plans are being realized. For those that have not yet heard, the Helix is a new innovation district in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Smack dab in the middle of the Northeast Corridor, the Helix is a place for innovators to gather and innovation to take action. It offers a range of physical environments, a vibrant innovation community, and a strategic central location in close proximity to New York, Philly, Boston, and D.C. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others are already signing up to call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is coming. Visit helixnj.com to learn more. Remember, and it's not just it's not just the NIL money. It's just a transfer portal in, ge- portal in general and a culture of athletes who are, who are accustomed to moving. I mean, some of these guys play two, three, even four high schools, especially in basketball. Um, you know, so Pat, I mean, I, I guess if you look at it that way, it's it, it's just it's a broader problem. It's not just a Rutgers problem. It is a player movement yep. error. It is. And you nailed it saying it starts at a young age. It starts when they're getting recruited for high school out of eighth grade. Right. So. Uh, I, I think this is uh, you're 100 percent right. Transfer portal could could really hurt Rutgers, but I, I have I see this with a little bit of a rose colored glasses that I, I think this channel really does have great bonds with the kids, and they believe in him and they believe in him as a leader. So I think I think more so they want to stay together. They want to they want to be the guys that bring change to Rutgers, and they've kind of bought into his his spiel, if you will. Right. Yeah, and it, it it's. It is interesting. And it's not just, we've kind of painted this into every college athlete is looking for the biggest paycheck. I mean, that's not the case. I think the basketball team is illustrative of that. I mean, you know, and it, it, we are, we'll talk about media day in a minute, Brian, I were there. Um, You know, the big, one of the big themes is they kept their entire team together. No one in the transfer portal. And I think that goes to a, the kind of player that Steve Peichel identifies and recruits. And B, again, like they, they're happy here <laughs> and you can't discount that. I mean, if you're, if you like where you are and you're happy and someone says, I'll give you 50 grand to pick up your life and, you know, and move someplace else, it's not worth it in a lot of cases. So that's something important to remember as well, that it's not just the money thing. Uh, and you would hope that for the majority of players, especially if you're only, you know, 19, 18, 19, 20 years old, I mean, to start making decisions based on money, you've got your entire life to do that, especially if it's not, it's a couple million bucks, you know, I'll, I'll hop on the NIL as well. Yeah. They're also, but to be in, in, to play devil's advocate, they're at the height of their earning power now, right? Like where else? 
in their life, if they're not going to play professional sports, are they going to be offered six figures? Right. So it is a difficult decision. And, and a big, yeah. in the river fundraiser might be able to raise some <laughs> NIL money. <laughs> Let's get that up so, for so the Knights of the Raritan. Polity in the Raritan. Start your, start your bidding now. Uh, just don't not, not off that bridge. Although there have been many times sitting in traffic that I've wanted to jump off the Route 18 bridge into the Raritan uh, river, but I would prefer if a softer landing than that. All right, <clears throat> Nunzio vibe. Lots of questions about what the vibe is. I know there's an embargo on what you can report. What has been the team vibe with Nunzio? Uh, another one, I know the ultra secrecy of Shiano. This won't be known, but I'll ask anyway. Uh, I want to know if if uh, Wimsett is healed up to play. We know that now. Let the kid play. Uh, and a good one from Peter in Palm City, Florida. At what point the secrecy about the quarterback position that turns off the fan base and outweigh the competitive advantages? I wonder if that's why, again, that's Greg question. is always a couple steps ahead. Is that why we know the quarterbacks are healthy? Is that uh, Could that be part of it? Man, a couple steps know. ahead. All right, let's be realistic here. How many extra people are going to show up to the game on Saturday because they know Gavin Wimsett can play? We're not talking about a, sub- a substantial number of people here. I mean, maybe not. No, probably, but it certainly would be more. I mean, if you heard he wasn't going to play, you might be like, eh, you know, I mean. I'm all for quarterback transparency. I think it's good that he showed. I'm just saying that that may be reason number seven as opposed to number one. Right. Good point. I was just going to say credibility matters in this whole grand scheme of things. Like you get rid of Gleason. And it seemed like a part of the reason why is because he never figured out who was going to play quarterback. Let's get this thing centered and bring it back to the middle. So the more outgoing he is, the better. So right, I think it's I think it's not about who's in the seats. It's about it's about just bringing it back to the middle, basically. Good point. All right, here's a good question from our Twitter follower at the Crave Ten. Uh, what would be better for the program, going six and six with wins over Indiana, Michigan State, and Maryland? or finish four and eight with a win at home over Michigan or Penn state. I think, I think the correct answer is yes to that one. Uh, Either one of those scenarios would, they would sign up for at this point. Uh, What do you think, Brian, if you had to pick one of the two, which one? I think uh, the Michigan win would get much more attention and would be a more sellable uh, thing to recruit. I think Rutgers would take over the college football world for a day. Uh, they'd get right into the new cycle, and uh, it would be, it would be great in, in the big sense. Uh, the bowl game is practical in getting those extra ten practices, being able to work with the young team even more, getting them another game of experience. Um, I would vote for the Michigan game just because it's a splash, right? And you splash. you splash. So, uh, but I could see the argument either way. To your point, anything, dude. Any Rutgers go five and seven with wins over Indiana and Michigan State, and I think it would be something that people should sign up for immediately. I, I agree totally. Which one you take, Pat? Take- I'm taking the six and six. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking the six and six because I want to see the development and standing by the one and zero philosophy that this team is supposed to be better at the end of the year than than they are at the beginning. And maybe you just get lucky and I, I, you can't get lucky and beat Michigan. But I think when when you if you win three games, you're proving that you're a better team than beating one really good team on a fluke. Okay. Interesting. And I think it'll change your mind once we're in Detroit, Michigan on December 26th at the Quick Lane Bowl. And <laughs> if you're lucky. Green. You're in Detroit if you're what lucky. What about the Bahamas Bowl? Fort Worth on December What do we got to do for 11 that? 11 a.m. Wait till yeah. Juliet, when you're telling Juliet, daddy's got to go to Fort Worth on, on Christmas Eve. Where's Fort Worth? It's going to be the God, first time she looks up. I take up. it back. I take it back. I, I was thinking the Bahamas Bowl would be a first good one for Pat Lanny and the family, but. Right. 
with that, all right. I said last week that Rutgers was going to be Penn State, so I'm sticking with it. Catch I changed my answer officially. Silver spoon. You had a whole lifetime to disappoint your daughter. Why not start now? All right. <laughs> Oops, segue. A couple of men's basketball questions. We are very close to becoming a basketball podcast. Bunch of questions about basketball. Uh, without getting into specifics, do you think Rutgers has a high ceiling and a low floor this year or vice versa? Interesting question. Uh, I guess the vice versa would be a low low ceiling and a high floor. So that means a team that's you're going to get uh, you're going to get a an IT level with the low. Five. What do you think? I'll let you take that, Brian. Either way, you want to answer it. The experience they have back, the number of guys who have been in the system and know how Pico coaches and what he wants is beneficial to have a high floor. I think this team, I can't see them falling below the top half of the Big Ten. And I think there is a chance that if all goes well, I'm not predicting this will happen, but I do think there is a scenario with the way the Big Ten is so much flux, so many unknowns, so much uh, things in the air, that if Rutgers has a good season, if Cliff takes a jump, if Caleb plays to his defensive level from last season, if Paul Mulcahy becomes a floor general, Cam Spencer hits shots, Mawat Mag and Dean Reaver take a huge step forward at the fourth spot. If all those things go well, Rutgers can compete for a Big Ten title. Do not aggregate that, people. I do not say Rutgers is going to win the Big Ten title, but Rutgers, with all goes well, can win a Big Ten title. So I would say high ceiling, no, sorry, high floor, moderately high ceiling. What the hell is aggregating our podcast? So, so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I lost you there at aggregation. Oh, people, I don't know. People might say Brian Fonseca of the Rutgers, mm. the world famous Rutgers rant predicts Rutgers wins the Big Ten. Yeah, okay. All right. I will say this, and this is a good transition to our segment on men's basketball media day. I did leave the rack, excuse me, leave Jersey Mike's arena feeling pretty positive about where things are. And, and, you know, I watched half of a practice again, you don't get a lot of that, but you know, you've got an NBA center, the way they're talking about, about big cliff. I mean, I think it's clear he's going to take another step. He was already one of the 10 best big men in the college basketball last year. He takes another step this year. Paul Mulcahy, if, if he takes another step, you've got a distributor, you've got the best defensive player perhaps in the country. And I guess if you, if you add in this Cam Spencer, again, they just people cannot talk enough about him. His shooting ability never misses work ethic, the whole thing. And I get it. You know, Patriot League ain't the big 10. We're going to see if, if that translates. But that's been the missing link, guys, right? I mean, that's been the thing that they have not been able to have, just a dead uh, dead aim, consistent three-point shooter. Uh, Harper was, too, a, a little bit of an – but, you know. Oh, consistent? Yeah, well, listen, that's not the word I would shot, use. Hit some big shots. But... He don't hit some big, biggest shots in program <laughs> history. All right. But, Someone uh, who can hit consistently. Like, his five... Two years ago, he was a consistent three-point shooter, as opposed to last year, where he, he fell off a little bit, so – you're right. You're right. To have to have a consistent a JJ Redick uh, type three point shooter would be phenomenal. So we'll right. see. Yeah, Ron, Ron was was his percentage looked great, but he'd have games where he hit five of seven, and then he had games where he hit one of six. So I, I get your point. While he looked like a great shooter, the, the there was a roller coaster ride. What were the takeaways did you have other than the fact that uh, Derek Simpson looks like they simply cloned Geo Baker and uh, and some sort of secret New Brunswick laboratory? The way Pico talks about his athleticism, it's like a fusion of Geo Baker and Jacob Young. I think he'll, I think he will play some time. I'm intrigued to see what they do at the four. Uh, I think they have two good options in Watt Mag and Dean Reber. So Caleb McConnell didn't practice on Friday because he was uh, dealing with a knee tweak, and Dean Reber was on the floor with Watt Mag. So it shows the versatility, the trust they have in Dean. 
I think he could have a chance. He had a huge year last year based on what we expected going into it. I wonder how much of a jump he'll take this year. There's no major takeaways other than they bring back a lot of familiar faces. And if they can all make a jump that Pico players have shown they can at Rutgers, Rutgers has a chance of having a really good year. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly how I feel about it. And you have to have faith in uh, their ability to do that. All right, enough basketball. Let's get a prediction here. I, who, what, what's the standings now? Fonseca, you've got the lead. Is that correct? I think so. Do you want me to pull it up? No, that's all right. We'll just, we'll just assume you've got a, I think you got a one game lead. Is that, I, I think that's where we're standing here after uh, correctly ascertaining that Rutgers would uh, take the points against Nebraska. Uh, what are the, what's the line of this game? I have no idea. What is it? It was Rutgers minus two. But I'm, I haven't checked since Sunday. We're going to roll with that minus two, or you want to check really quick? Let me check really quick. All right. I don't want, I want this to be accurate because this is this is a key. We're getting into the nitty gritty here, Lenny. Yeah, I mean, I fear we're, I fear we're going to lose this. Brian took the lead on a game that he, right. we predicted correctly, and he correct. He, 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 we we said Rutgers was going to lose to Nebraska. Right. Yeah, we said we Nebraska yeah. was going to. Yeah, which happened, you know. So it is what it right. is. Yeah, nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. Yeah, I, I'm more. I'm more bitter about the Ohio State, whatever the line there was. Losing that, that was huge for me. That was huge. That was huge. Yeah. So uh, it's from what I could tell, it's still minus two. So let's roll. Minus with that. two. All right, we're rolling with it. What do you got, Fonsec? You go first. You're leading. I think it's now or never for Rutgers. I think <laughs> it's homecoming. There'll be a decent crowd. Wimsat is back. New offensive coordinator, Juice, and Indiana stinks. I know I say that about a lot of teams. Indiana stinks. So I think Rutgers wins this game. Mm-hmm. 24-17. Okay, Pat. Now or never could have been better to uh, put it. I think I'm also going to go with Rutgers wins and covers. I think the defense for Rutgers keeps playing great, and I'm not scared of that Indiana's high-tempo offense. I think Rutgers matches up against that really well. So, And I think... I think we're going to see a really good game from Gavin Wimsett. I know you guys disagree, but I, I think he's going to, he's back and Shano put that out there for a reason. And uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Shiano put that out for reasons. So <laughs> federal place. <laughs> You're right about that. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. You put it out for a reason because it's time for the Wimsett bag wagon to get rolling and uh, hit your, hit your uh, trailer to it. Rutgers with Nunzio Campanelli puts up 30 points, 30, 30 to 17. Rutgers. Ooh, man, optimistic. You know, I want to go against you guys, but I'm going to have to get, I'm going to have to get my, my get back in the standings on another week. I really do think Rutgers is going to win this game. I've been given this to Florida, Washington, Indiana. Don't think they're great. And I think the Rutgers defense is, is going to, going to nail this one down. And then Noah Vedral will be the storyline, unlike what my co-podcasters think. Uh, I'm going to go with 27-13, decisive victory for the Scarlet Knights. All right, other thoughts? Women's soccer, did a little research. 13-1-2, Megan McClellan, 43rd shutout. It's a lot of shutouts, isn't it? It's like two full, two full seasons of shutouts. Good grief. Uh, what do we got? Anything else going on? Megan McClellan, NCAA's all-time leader in minutes played. The, is that the, right? The most active player in the history of women's soccer in college yeah, is from a, Soccer wow. Town USA, baby. Does, Carney, does the goalies get a day off? Or she just played. She just played every game. She played every game of her career, and she had the COVID year, so she played. Uh, she played five years. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But that does not change the fact that Carney is number one somewhere oh on God. that record book. Okay. And this is unrelated That's to legit. is unrelated, but um, 
this cursing has started at Shai Stadium already. I was walking down uh, to get crossed back to my car. I was going down the stairs. I had a meatball sandwich that the Rutgers communication staff kindly gets for us every Monday before every press conference uh, from Mancini's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I dropped my sandwich on the steps of Shai Stadium. And I said many naughty words that people will be saying throughout Saturday. You dropped your sandwich. I dropped sandwich my sandwich. Sandwich is the program. Come on, man. The sandwich is the program. <laughs> you, can't the pro- you can't fumble the sandwich. Pause the program. You, you can't win turning the ball over and you can't kill your hunger when you drop your meatball sandwich. So it was, I mean, just the most devastating thing you'll see in that stadium all season. And uh, I'm crushed. <laughs> did you cr- guys, did you guys see the field hockey versus Maryland ending? I did not. I must say I did not tell us okay, all about it. All right. It. So it was unbelievable. It was a classic Rutgers in classic Rutgers fashion. They scored two goals to tie the game against number two, Maryland in the final five minutes. And then with 30, 35 seconds to play, Maryland gets the game-winning goal to win uh, 4-3. The Rutgers came within 45 seconds of this miraculous comeback against the number two team in the country. Just short. To give Maryland the Big Ten championship too, huh? Man. Oh, was it? Yeah. They got a share of the title. Yeah. Brutal. All right. Well, that's it. Let's sign off for the week. We'll be back uh, after the big Indiana game to recap it. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Devco. Thanks to everybody else. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.